Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman. Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day is a negotiation. Rakeem Brooks. This is a common good that we are talking about. Amani wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles. That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now. So unlikely candidate for the presidency, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, young man, I think he's 37. Okay. And he's got no experience in politics. He's an incredibly eloquent speaker. He's very well reasoned. He's very entertaining. He'd make a wonderful talk show host. His most recent proposal is he wants a constitutional amendment. He understands that this can't be done without a constitutional amendment. He wants a constitutional amendment to raise the voting age to 25 from 18. Unless you have six months in the military, six months as a first responder. I'm assuming he means firefighter, law enforcement, EMS, something like that. Or you pass the U.S. citizenship test. He says that, you know, back in 1971, when we lowered the age to 18, it made sense because we were saying, if you can be drafted, you ought to be able to vote, which makes sense. And he says, we don't have a draft anymore. That reasoning is gone. And the only people who should be voting below the age of 25, the minimum age to be a representative, U.S. representative, are people who have served the country somehow or other, or who at least show they understand the country to the bare minimum standards we expect an immigrant getting naturalized citizenship to do so. I think it's a fascinating proposal of lots of things I want to ask about this. But aside from it being politically impossible, it's never, ever going to happen. (laughs) Would the United States be better off if... Or would it make more sense to raise the voting age for people who haven't served or can't pass the basic competency of a citizenship test? Let me start with you, Rakeem. You're the lawyer. I'm sure you have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I'd start with we shouldn't assume that it would be impossible, maybe the particulars of what he's describing. But remember, we have felon disenfranchisement in this country. And so we have decided that there are adult members of the community who we will not allow to participate. Uh, So the right to vote, in spite of our best efforts, uh, is not sacred in the United States. Um, But to the question, I mean, what he's wrestling with is an age old question, right, of like what qualifies one to be a citizen? And the United States resolved that essentially by saying birthright citizenship or through naturalization. And then we set an age requirement on it. Um, I'm not for going back to anything that approaches literacy tests or poll tests or, you know, other other clauses in our history in part because of that history. Right. Maybe if we were starting tabula rasa and we were just asking ourselves um, what do we really want from a voter? We, as everybody, sort of deciding in this uh, kind of Hobbesian sense, right? Like we're sitting around the table, we're about to go in it all together, and we're like, you know what? I mean, we just can't let Jeff vote on certain things. You know how Jeff gets. Jeff orders the wrong dinner every it's time. Not a bad I mean, idea. Obviously. And we're not having it, right? Like he, he that's just, Jeff Peterson, though, not Jeff. Right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? Like, we are not putting pineapple on pizza, Jeff. You just need to stop <laughs> ordering, right? So hey, I do not put pineapple on pizza. I categorically <laughs> deny that First accusation. Are so vicious. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I think for first question, I mean, first order principles. Maybe we would have some debate about it. But our entire democracy is a reflection of our history and our willingness to open the franchise is a reflection of the fact that we deny people the right to vote for all sorts of curious reasons uh, and discriminatory reasons that we now recognize to be wrong. And that we'd rather err on the side of having greater error in allowing more people to vote than having greater oppression and allowing fewer people to vote. 
Amani, we don't uh, we don't let, you know, 18 year olds drink alcohol. We don't let 18 year olds shoot. I think a lot of times you got to be 25 to rent a car. Uh, we generally discourage, if not prohibit them from owning guns, although I personally disagree with that. But, you know, we do a lot of things to restrict 18 year olds and their behavior. And yet we turn around and let them pick in part, you know, one person, one vote. Uh, the future of the country. Should 18 year olds who can't pass the citizenship test be allowed to vote? Yes. And yes, we do let 18 year olds buy guns. Okay. So until we do some gun regulations of on Twitter, not in Florida, and I don't want to hear nothing about voting. Okay. So let's start there. But yes, I'm scared by that proposal just because, like Rakeem said, where this can go. Okay. This, we keep picking and nitpicking at democracy. It won't be much of one left if we keep putting all these restrictions on it. Um, so, no, I think you should be able to vote. Another reason why I'm against this argument is because we haven't invested in our dang public education enough for us to be trying to test people's knowledge. All right. So until y'all start funding the schools properly and still you start teaching this stuff and testing them on this and making sure we can start competing at a national scale again, as far as our education level is concerned, then maybe we can have a conversation. But there's just so many infrastructural things that are wrong in the country or haven't been uh, financially supported enough in the country right now to start trying to test people. Because at the end of the day, that's the USA's own fault that people don't have the level of education that they would like for them to have. I I very much agree with this slice of the argument that um, if you looked at all the people who would lose eligibility to vote after a Vivek Ramaswamy constitutional amendment were to get in place, it would be disproportionately adverse to uh, poor and minority people, of course, because the education system is worse for them. They would not be as capable of passing the test because we've done a terrible job of yes. teaching them everything, including citizenship. Jeff, what do you think about this? Yeah, this has got to be one of the dumbest pieces of bovine excrement that I've ever heard of. Like, you know, when it comes to raising the age to vote, we I think it's worth, worth, worth having a conversation. Like if we're raising it to 20 or 21 or whatever, but 25 with a, basically a, a, a test, here, here's, here's what's going on here. I mean, and the Republicans who are agreeing with this, I know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Republicans suck at getting the youth vote. That's what's going yeah, on. Here. No doubt. I mean, no doubt. This <laughs> is definitely going to benefit horrible. Republicans. Yeah, they they got. I think maybe like twenty five percent of of the of the younger generation in the in the midterm elections. That's why they want to do this. It has nothing to do with civic responsibility. I mean, Vivek's, Vivek proposed that because one, knowing that it's never going to happen, but two, because it's red meat for his base. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why it's it's absolutely absurd. There are far more important things that we need to be worrying about right now. I could take him more seriously if he was saying something like, OK, maybe we should think about 21 or whatever. I might still disagree, but that's a lot more reasonable than what he's talking about here. It, it is it is absolutely absurd. And but again, this is the state of politics. I mean, people throw, especially on the right right now, because you've got presidential candidates who are pretending to run for president who are trying to get themselves out there and they have to say these things to to spark more controversy. I mean, I won't even go into all the other stuff that Vivek has said about the black community to get to to get more to get more clicks, clout and cash. But, yeah, this is just this is another dumb idea just to rile up a base. So I think that uh, if you look at this proposal from a different angle, instead of looking at it as an age raise, except if you looked at it instead as a prerequisite test, unless you have age. When I look at it that way, one of the things that's always frustrated me is like when I was 16, I wanted to vote. You know, I know there are not many people like me, but I'm sure 
most of you were probably in that. I wanted to vote. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Okay. And we looked at well, we can't until we're 18. Um, But I always thought, well, that's stupid. What if I could pass a test? What if I could pass, you know, the Constitution test or something to Mm -hmm. earn the right to vote when I was 15 or 16 or something like that? And so I've always chafed at this notion that 18 or 21, that age is a determination for anything of competence. When what we're really looking for is capable, informed, educated people making the choices. And I want to prevent people. I I will tell you, I don't want everybody voting. I want everybody who knows something to be voting. And it bothers me that so many people are so misinformed, so dumb, so irrational. They may be members of the citizenry. They may suffer the consequences. I get it. But it it always bothers me that some of the people that I vote and then they vote and we cancel each other out. And oh, my God, you're killing me. So I, I, so my, my, my slice of this that I kind of want to salvage a little bit is what if we made voting dependent on passing the citizenship test? That's something we require of people to come here to become citizens. Why don't we require it of Americans like in Florida? We just started a process within the last couple of years where if you're going to get your high school diploma, you have to pass the citizenship test. And it's hard. Like it's really, really challenging. Why don't we teach more civics and get everybody educated enough to be able to be informed citizens? Sorry, Rakeem, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I love the idea of the exception. You know, if you can pass the test, you get to, you get to vote uh, at an earlier age. I think it would actually solve for the civics education gap that we've promoted in the country because all sorts of states and all sorts of counties would want to make sure that they have more voting age populations uh, of one kind or another in order to probably sway <laughs> national elections in one way or in one way or another. But the thing I was going to hit on, Andrew, that I think sort of gets mixed up in all of this is, Almost all of our votes are for somebody else. It's not on the issue, right? Like unless you're in California, you're not voting on a bunch of ballot measures. So most of the time, what you're trying to assess is whether or not the person who you're going to have represent you is the good person who has enough education, knowledge, et cetera, to make the decision. And on that measure, the citizenship test doesn't do anything for us because what you're really trying to assess is whether or not this person can fool you into thinking that they know these things. We, I mean, by that measure, right, like all of us are screwed. I'm sure we think of ourselves as very savvy people until we get one of those, you know, emails that is that one of those emails that you just definitely think is from a colleague and you click it and you're like, damn, they told me I was supposed to scroll over the email address just to make sure that it really was Jeff Charles or Monty Wells, right? But I guess my point is this um, is sort of a solution begging for a problem. We don't actively vote on issues in this country. We vote for a set of people who none of us like and who none of us think are actually better at making the decisions for us than us, except on particular issues. You know, you've got a scientist in Congress and you're like, all right, or a doctor. And you say there are certain things I would give up. But if it comes to the question of whether or not we should be voting on this particular proposal, we would say my vote is as good as anybody else's. So maybe a broader question is, are we reaching a place where either what representativeness does is it pro- it protects you, Andrew, from the person who's standing next to you who would cancel out your vote because whichever person you all vote for is likely to be better than that person. Or are we now reaching a stage with AI and other things where we think, let's start to break down that wall some more. Let's actually be able to cast direct ballots on what we think about the child tax credit or climate change. 
Now that I can get behind. And I've been thinking about this for a while now, just watching just the last couple of election cycles and seeing how well all the ballot initiatives do, because you could be in a state that you think is a red state, tried and true conservative state. And then you'll see how the people of that state voted on a certain ballot initiative and it'll blow your mind. So I think we are getting to a place where we should let the people, you know, we the people have a bigger voice in certain things because exactly like you're saying, Rakeem, we can vote for somebody and hope that when they get there, they're going to vote the way that I would, but we don't ever really know. A lot of these bills never come to be. A lot of these proposals are never even proposed. So if we had more of a hand in the exact laws that are being passed, like more of these ballot initiatives, I think that's a I think that's excellent for democracy and we would get a lot more done that way than just voting for people and crossing our fingers and seeing what they're going to do. I like the idea of requiring the citizenship test to graduate high school like you were talking about, Andrew. And I, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, our children need to be learning more about civics. I'm, I'm with Rakim with everything he was saying. I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm not convinced. I mean, because how do you really measure competency to vote? Yeah. I mean, I'm not convinced that this would actually fix the problem as far as getting better candidates. I mean, I've known people with master's doctorate degrees who are pretty irrational. I've known people who never went to college that were yeah. very sharp and that were very rational. So I, I'm not sure sure that the knowledge would actually influence the results that we're getting now. It may. And, you know, how many people vote Republican or vote Democrat just because that's just how their families have been doing it for exactly. generations. That has nothing to do with education. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, I think I think I think it was you, Rocking who said that this is a solution in search of a problem. I mean, I think that I, I, I don't really see this as a solution to much of anything at all. No, that's a really interesting point. The, uh, you know, knowledge as a predicate for making good judgments about voting. Right. That's a that's a fair assumption to challenge. And Rakeem, I, one of the things I really loved about what you said is that, um, you know, it's not necessarily, certainly when we're voting, what we're not voting on is our sober assessment of the policy. We're voting on the person and that person is going to make judgments about policy. And you made me think about something that maybe what we need to be teaching in schools is not so much civics and the constitution and, you know, constitutional law cases, which again, like our civics test requires you to know about 25 uh, U.S. Supreme Court opinions. Like that's that in depth. But you made me think, What if instead we simply taught 10th and 11th and 12th graders about deception detection and, you know, logical danger, danger and, and, (laughs) you know, how to how to figure out if somebody is is telling the truth or lying or snowing you, you know, so that they would basically become good hiring employers. Right. So they'd be able to listen to these politicians and be like. Oh, no, sir. You're saying all the right, right things, but your eyebrows and your eyes are telling me a whole different story. And mm-hmm. I know who you are. I, that's a, I, I find that fast. I mean, that would might have prevented George Santos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, are you telling me that government run schools are going to teach kids how to tell when government officials are lying? Come on. <laughs> well, I'm kind I of a fan not. of homeschooling and private schooling. But yet, no, I, yeah, no, yeah. again, that's a yeah. that's a pretty practical uh, or impractical thing to kind of ask them to do. I guess I, you know, again, I just my my core thing is I get frustrated with the idea of who's getting to make these decisions. And maybe that's an anti-democratic impulse in me. Maybe I'm a, an aristocrat at heart or an elitist at heart. <laughs> um, and and maybe it's true, too. Like, Jeff, you say, um, well, Andrew, you know, you've got a master's degree, but this other guy over here, he's the billionaire or the millionaire and he's employed people and he knows how to detect, you know, and. People with masters and PhDs get led astray all the time. Information does not prove competence. So I I guess I'm looking for a better way. And I don't know that raising it to 25 is that way, but I am. I'm looking for if there's a better way. Well, I'd add one one more thing, Andrea, just a point of information. Right. So if we think about the history of voting, 
it used to be just people who had land, right? It wasn't because they were particularly intelligent, even if they had been formally schooled and so forth. It was because they had interests at stake. And so the heart of the democratic experiment is just recognizing that everybody has interests at stake, no matter how intelligent or unintelligent they are, how well they understand every particular issue. They have interests at stake and therefore a right to decide who is going to make decisions on their behalf. That's the core of it. And so until somebody makes an argument against that, Right. Really unearths that there's something um, fundamentally illogical about the idea that as a person walking around through these streets, when someone else makes decisions on my behalf, it determines how I live the course of my life. If we've got that as a bedrock principle, then everybody gets to vote. The only question is back to your earlier point. Should we be lowering the voting age? Because actually everybody <laughs> has interests at stake. It's just the fact that we allow parents to make decisions for children. There was this classic, one of my all-time favorite West Wing episodes, right? Is where Mine the too. I was thinking get, about that. Yeah, the, the kids came to Jed Barlow and tried to get him to work on letting them be enfranchised because, and, and the arguments for kid enfranchisement are pretty strong, right? Like, obviously, they have even more interest in the impact of decisions on the future than somebody who's 60 or 70 because they're going to have to live with the debt. They're going to have to live with the environment. They're going to have to live with whatever consequences come. And if kids could, you know, certainly from the they have interests uh, uh, perspective, kids have every right to vote. The only well, reason we don't have to friend, vote is because we don't trust them to do it. Right. Yeah. I have a great friend, Sixto Cancel, who runs um, Think of Us, which is for foster care youth. If there were ever a group of people on the face of the planet who deserve to have a voice in their own futures, is people who are bound by the state and trapped in these horrible institutions and disconnected from their families and the people who would make authentic choices on their behalf. So they hope. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not actively pushing to let 10 year olds who we don't trust to make their own food choices uh, <laughs> decide who should be president. But there is something very tempting about the idea that they are going to suffer more the consequences of bad leadership than somebody who's 75. That's why I like your idea. Let them take the test. Yeah, let it let them take the test or let let I, I guess that's where I land is. I don't mind keeping it at 18. But I'd like to let there be something that empowers people who are younger and more capable to be in on a game if they want to. Because I'm with Jeff. Jeff, you're exactly right. The practical implications here are so low. I mean, only 23 percent of 18 to 25 year olds even vote to begin with. So what difference does it? I mean, they matter, but they're not turning out, you know, and so it doesn't really make a difference. But the idea that people who have an interest could be aware, could be informed and have no say in this stuff. That chafes me. Uh, and I think that's probably where all you all were uh, when you were 14 or 15 as well, which is why we all do this today. If you would like to be a part of the debate, email us the debate at newsweek.com. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. 
Wow. <laughs> She's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.